When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi. This week's guest is the absolutely gorgeous Georgia Toffolo, otherwise known as Toff. Since winning I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and being named Queen of the Jungle, she has graced our TV screens, entertained us through her Instagram and has become a published author. I literally love watching Georgia on her Insta stories. She actually just brightens up my day with her infectious smile and positivity. I have been so looking forward to having her on the show today. So let's hear what her three moments are. Hello, Georgia. Thank you. So, by the way, are you happy with me to call you Georgia or do you prefer Toff? Don't mind either. What's better for you? I really don't mind. It's gone full circle now. My my really close people call me Toff, whereas it used to be, no, the other way around. Close ones call me Georgia, whereas everyone else calls me Toff. So I really don't mind. Whatever you call me. Well, you know what? Georgia came out, so let's go with it. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on because I have followed you for so long. I feel like we've become Instagram friends. And (laughs) you honestly, like when I come across your stories... I, I just can't not smile. You make me feel so good through my phone. been just dying to hear your moments. Oh, gosh. I've been dying to come on the podcast. You know how much I adore you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So we usually, as you will know, just kick off with the first defining moment. I've just got to go straight in for it. Um, got to be just doing the jungle. It's... <laughs> It was just monumental, not only in my kind of personal development, but, you know, an opportunity like that kind of sets you up for life. And I just felt so blessed and so lucky to do it. However, I went in there with such a healthy mindset. Like, I kind of felt the whole time like severe imposter syndrome that I shouldn't have been there because at the time I wasn't actually like really a big character on Made in Chelsea. And, you know, it says a lot about hustling. I begged and begged for that spot. In Did that you? Oh, my God, Roxy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I I had this obsession with it. I went to Australia with my family when I was a lot younger. And my mum took me to the Versace Hotel. I was like, shit, this is what dreams are made of. I'm going <laughs> to that jungle. And I remember watching Tara Palmer Tompkinson when I was younger. And I was like, this is like my destiny. I have to do it. And I had a manager at the time. And... I said to him, right, darling, it's time for me to do, do the jungle. And I was like, <laughs> and he's looking at me like, well, you know, he was very sweet. He said, well, George, I don't want you to be disappointed because you're really not, you know, there yet. He was like, maybe in five years. I was like, 
get me in there. So I went into ITV <laughs> and um, I just was kind of myself and I got a really late call up. So it was obviously like some young kind of blonde posho who dropped out the last minute. And <laughs> I remember it was about this time of year and they said, um, do you want to do it? And I just thought, God, I'm just going to go. But I had no idea how big that show is. Is it the most watched reality show in the UK or like the highest views? For sure. I mean, when I was on it, I think they were doing 15, 16 million views a night. Fuck. Think about the population in the UK. What is it? Around 66 million. That's insane. It it was completely nuts. And I think, you know, I don't know whether um, you know what they do before, but when you do a show like that, they basically lock you down for about a week, 10 days before you actually go in. Um, so I was like locked up in this hotel in Brisbane. I'm just not good at that. Like, obviously I was on the Gold Coast. I was like, I want to go and snog an Aussie on the beach. Like this would be after. <laughs> and um, the, the press that I read before I went out there was really bad and they take your phones off you. So I kind of went in there thinking, right, Toff, you're going to get voted off first. Just have a bloody good time. And I did. Um, so... Yeah, and then I just every time someone was faded off, I thought, right, you're going home now. I always pack my bag, ready to leave. And then I got to the final and I thought, well, you've only got here because you're the only young one left in it. And then they said that I'd won. And I mean, it was just the most shocking thing. And you're very sheltered when you're in there. And I found, you know, quite contentment, um, bizarrely, in that place. There was no booze, I was eating healthily, you know, my skin cleared up. I've struggled with terrible acne for so long. And then I came out to this world that was incredibly different um, to the one that I left in amazing ways, uh, but also at the same time, just nothing prepared me for, I think the big one for me was like the press intrusion with my family. And um, I think for someone as public and loud and as warm and open as I am, even I was a bit like, God, this is intense. So, yeah, it was like a really, really big moment for me. And all of these amazing opportunities came my way. And I just thought, I just felt a bit undeserving um, for kind of everything that happened. And I just look back on it now as such a happy time. But God, Roxy, was it a moment. Okay, I have so many questions. Yeah. Oh, my, this is such an amazing moment because it <laughs> is this huge... I mean, I love the way you've just put it just then, is that you went you went out of the jungle to a world which was so different to the one you had left. So before we go to the world that you entered, I want to ask you those, how long is the jungle? Is it three weeks? Yeah, just over. So I did three and a half. Yeah. So in those three and a half weeks, I mean, it's such a unique experience because you are away from your phones. Like you say, you're kind of, you're away from drinking, you're away from parties, you're away from your friends and family. Mm. So that must be firstly a huge period of personal growth for you. How did you find that experience it was bizarre I thought I was going to be terrible at it I thought I was going to miss my family I thought my friends I just kind of felt as I said it was true contentment imagine stripping your life back to the basics the big one for me why I wasn't worried is because if something happens to you know a close family member or a friend they're going to tell you. So I knew everyone was happy and safe. And it just gives you time. Like there is a lot of time staring at the campfire because that's just what you seem to do. And I just used it to kind of think about what really, really matters in life. And that doesn't mean to say that I continued everything that I promised myself I would. I came out, I gave my phone to my mum and I said, mummy, I do not ever need that thing. And of course, 
I am so addicted to my phone. But I wanted to tell you this as well, because I, when I was locked in this hotel in Brisbane, um, I can't remember what someone made in Chelsea said to me, if you're bored and you need to read a book, will you read this book? And it's called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Do you know it? No, I don't know it. I'm going to have a look at it after this. Yeah, it's after very this. you, darling. Very, very you. Um, and it's <laughs> basic manifesting techniques. And I thought all of that stuff, I mean, even till about six months ago, I just thought it was all quite woo-woo for me. And I just had nothing else to do. So I read this book and I remember every morning when I woke up in, I never had a bed because I was the young one, bright and bushy tailed. So I was always in this hammock and I would kind of stir a little bit and use some of the visualization techniques that I read in this book. And at the time I just thought, oh my God, you're so silly. And I was just visualizing me having a wonderful day, people loving me and getting on with me and finding people that I connect with in the camp. And it just seemed to happen. And I think that's kind of what started me out kind of being a bit more inquisitive about inner work and personal growth and why I so, you know, I'm adamant that manifesting has a part in everyone's lives, probably because I had a really fortunate experience where I felt it. It happened in front of me. Oh, I love that. I to tell you. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. I think, with, honestly, with every guest we have on the show, they have found manifesting either knowingly or unknowingly. So yeah. when I hear it so clear like that, I'm just, it honestly gives me goosebumps because I totally, everybody can manifest. It's just whether you believe in the magic. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And when you've got something so black and white as what I did, it was basically because I woke up before everyone and I thought, shit, what am I going to do now? I'm a bit bored, you know, <laughs> falling down. Maybe I'll do a bit of that visualization that that chap told me to do. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know whether it worked or not, but it made me wake up and have a smile on my face every morning. Um, so yeah, that's, I love that. God, I want to, oh, I want to go to the jungle. I want that contentment. No, I have it. But how that just does sound so idyllic, that idea. I think especially now, I don't know how about you, but I feel particularly addicted to my phone at the moment and everything does feel very chaotic. There's so much news. There's so much drama in the world. There's so much crisis. And I think the idea of just being without your phone away in this sort of place where nobody, you can't hear about anything on the outside world actually sounds like heaven. You mix that with, you know, having to go and get water in a bucket to boil, to drink. I mean, it doesn't get more basic than that. And, you know, I was getting both through all the trials because they were looking at me and thinking, you know, she'll be quite funny to watch. And, <laughs> and you know, it look, riding on that, and when you kind of take, strip it back to, you know, you've got to win food so we are not hungry and we have to go and get water so we can carry on with our day, <laughs> you do find a certain it's like a part of your soul that you know because I live in such a lovely area of London I've had such a wonderful upbringing like god to feel that grounding of course I was on a big tv show like and there were 500 crew probably watching us but it felt a great privilege to experience that at the age that I was three years ago because I think there are certain things that I I hope that I will carry on you know living with and abiding my life by I love that. So 
Now I want to really get into what happened when you left because I am I'm fascinated this by this idea of kind of obviously you had recognition from Made in Chelsea but n- not on the same level and I am fascinated by how you deal with huge all the eyes on you this um, huge pressure to really perform as this uh, as the person that people want you to be or um, and how yeah you know you've touched quickly on the intrusion of your family but how did you deal with this sudden huge phenomenal fame honestly looking back now Roxy I don't know whether I dealt with it that well at the time I looked great from the outside it's a very strange juxtaposition doing what I do for work because I'm not I'm not playing anyone. I'm not an actress, never have been. I literally am myself. I have no notable talent apart from being me, which I hope people enjoy watching. That's literally how I've carved out a career. And with that in mind, you basically summarized it by saying, you know, being me and being myself, but having to carry on when perhaps inside I wasn't feeling the Georgia that I was at the beginning of 2017 because I'd been through such a monumental change and I think that first year honestly hand on heart I've got really big memory blanks and I think it's from heightened stress lack of sleep um because you know I know that I did all these wonderful things of course I can remember most of it but like finer details my minute every minute of my day I would get the car would arrive at six I would finish at midnight and I'm a pretty little social bunny who likes kind of jumping around and seeing my lovely friends and of course you know I didn't see them as much so if I had a night off I was like right come on let's get a glad rags on let's go out I'd get really drunk because that's what I used to really love doing and then I'd have filming at seven in the morning and feel like death it was kind of like a version of self-harm where I was functioning on the surface, but I wonder whether deep down everything just wasn't as aligned as I would have liked to have been. But, you know, how could I not take all of those opportunities when I felt so kind of fortunate that they were being flung towards me? And then after that year, I put my foot down and I said, we've got to streamline my work. So I basically found a good work-life balance. But I still like, I don't know, when I'm out and about, loads of people stare at me and it would just be strange if it didn't make you feel funny, I think. Um, I love that, so honest. Yeah, and I never really speak about it, but it's kind of like a reality, but it's not an oh, poor me. I had a banging year, but it was hard. (laughs) Of course, and I think you're right. Like, why would you say no? At that time, it feels so exciting. You do feel so fortunate, you think. And also, you know, there is that sense. You kind of, you you said the word, uh, you feeling like an imposter at the beginning. And I think so many of us have that, you know, whatever career we're in is feeling like an imposter. So you want to, take everything and say yes to everything to prove even to yourself that this is what you do now this is my life now and so um and you don't want it to go you don't want it to stop you want to keep up the momentum and unfortunately it always comes at the expense of our own sort of well-being um so how did you reach that decision and how did you actually um start to slow things down and get that work-life balance 
It was the, I remember it was Christmas Eve the following year, so it was a year after I left, and I arrived, I grew up in Devon, um, and I was going home for Christmas, and I arrived at 3am on Christmas morning after working somewhere up north, and my mum looked at me, and I was really, really thin, and like, I, you know, I'm really good for my food, I'm a good eater, and I was just like forgetting to look after myself, my skin was so bad, and mum said to me, darling, it's not worth it because I'm so motivated ambitious with my work I'm always at loggerheads with my family and mum was like you are going to make yourself ill you need to rein it in and I remember I was so jumpy on Christmas day because I hadn't slept properly I was exhausted and then I took the month off in January and I went on really special trips and I didn't drink for a month and I've never really had a problem with booze, but I see it. I'm definitely one of those people that, you know, I want to want to relax and go and have a good time. I just have a glass of wine. And I think the next day it really affects me with, you know, feeling a bit more anxious than I normally would. And that month just gave me such mental clarity and I found it so easy. I love it when I have a bit of time off of booze. Um, so then I just came back to London and I said to my manager, let's, Let's put things in categories. Let's just work with maybe one person in fashion, not 10. Let's work with one, yeah. one beauty brand, not 15. And then <laughs> you start to become, I hope, a bit more authentic because I'm not spreading myself so evenly. I genuinely work with brands that I wear and use now. Um, there's no way you can use, you know, 10 different skincare brands. So that was kind of how I did it. But it had to all come to a head at some point. I'm kind of grateful that it didn't get any worse. We kind of nipped it in the bud quite early, but it was an exhausting year, but amazing. Oh, I I love you. So I'm so enjoying this conversation. So I want to take you on to your next moment that made you. Right. Given it a bit of thought, I think... It was just a moment in time. I have always been obsessed with moving up to London. Growing up in the countryside, I was going to go to whatever length to make it happen. And I was very fortunate. My dad gave me a little allowance and it was £50 a week when I was 18. And that allowance was what I had to find my accommodation on. Now, Roxy, you know, you can't get <laughs> for a week. So I went on spareroom.com and I found, they basically descri- described it as a room, but I went and looked at it. It was £45 a week and it was at Fulham Cross, they call it. So it was just on the border of Hammersmith. And I went up the stairs and it was honestly, Roxy, a cupboard. <laughs> I the Lord above. My best friend and I were laughing about it the other day. She came and stayed with me. So there was a single bed in it. But oh, so you bed, took it? You took the room? I bloody took it. I didn't know <laughs> the option. I was like, it's London or nothing. Come on. So I took this room and it had. So it's a small single bed, like the ones I used to have at school. It's not even a proper single size. <laughs> and at the head end of the bed, it was curved because it was so small at that end. There was probably about two feet at the end of the bed where I put my bag with stuff. And I remember sitting down on that bed. I was so happy. It was like I had arrived. The queen was here. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment, right, Georgia, get your ass in gear. You're not going to be living in a cupboard for, you know, the foreseeable. So you've got to get working. And it was from that moment on that I just started to kind of work loads of different jobs, try and do whatever I could do to sustain, you know, the life that I wanted to lead in London. So, yeah. 
Oh my god! I am actually very surprised to hear that. I just don't think I was expecting you to say that you were living in a cupboard, very Harry Potter style, when you moved to London. Um, and I love that you've just said I was so happy, and it just kind of reminds you everything is relative, and you obviously have such um, an amazing ability to see the positive and to find that inner drive and go this isn't forever this is the me making the best of my situation now looking forward and that is actually that is so in line with manifesting which is being grateful for what you have now but having a goal and a vision to, that you're working towards like that is manifesting 101 so true maybe that's it it's just like ingrained in my disposition and I just I wonder whether because of the tv that I've done and like people have this kind of thing in their head about me like you know my my father busted a gut I had bursary scholarships and he really scraped together to send me to a wonderful school and for that I will be like forever grateful for you know whatever he's done for me but uh, alongside that you know you don't arrive in London with a nice townhouse um and you've got to kind of graft to get it going. I remember so clearly, Roxy, I always wanted to eat like really nice smoked salmon and poached eggs because I thought that was like, you know, the really high end thing to eat. And I would go to Sainsbury's and buy salmon, smoked salmon chippings because they were really cheap and have like factory <laughs> hen eggs. And I would cook me up this feast in the morning. And I think, God, this is like amazing. I'm really rocking it. And I think the reason why I've chosen it as a moment is because I think it's instilled in me you know, my work ethic and my drive to just kind of like, I think it stems back to my parents. I want to make them really proud. And yeah, so I think that was why that moment, I was just thinking about it. And I was like, shit, that was actually a big moment for me. That is so beautiful. And also, look, I think it's really an important thing to bring up because obviously how people perceive us and the judgments people make is something we can't avoid and I think actually that's something that a lot of people probably wouldn't expect because um you you are well spoken um and that and and like you say now you are able to live in a nice part of London and I think often when people have success everybody else forgets the journey that got them there and the hard work and the the grind and the determination and the hours and the passion that goes behind all that so I'm so happy you chose that as a moment yeah for sure I think so do you know what I was just thinking when you were saying then so you know I've never spoken about it publicly because at the time it was so mortifying but when I was in the jungle um, I think it was the Sun newspaper did like a front page of my father and we laugh about it so much now, but they called him the rag and bone man. And now I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Because he... What does that even mean? They were saying, because dad does, so he used to own a car garage and he removed scrap for people. They called him the rag and bone man. I mean, like how awful. And now whenever dad goes on dates, he like always drops it in because it's funny. But at the time, like that's really mortifying. And I think sometimes people oh my God. get your shit wrong. And I get messages all the time on Instagram being like, oh, you know, you're so posh and privileged. And I'm like... Yeah, I know I am. I know I am. But you don't know everyone's backstory. And what my family went through after I was in the jungle was just savage. Um, But yeah, so I think it's kind of important to not judge everyone as quickly as we all inevitably do. Oh, hear, hear. 
I'm I'm really an advocate of non-judgment um, to ourselves and everyone around us. I think judgment is sort of one of the worst things that we can put on others ever. It's just, there's no room for it. There really should be no room for it anywhere. Um, so let's, actually, can I ask you, how did Made in Chelsea happen? I'm just intrigued from the, from the cupboard how this happened. So I was nannying. So I was basically taking a gap year before I went to university. And as I said, I was obsessing about being in London. So I was working loads of different jobs. I was nannying. But at the same time, in the evenings, I was working the door at Embargo's. So I was oh, my God. Brilliant. Um, so I was I was doing that when I was 18 and I just think I kind of got in with the gang but all the boys like the Spencers and the Jamies they're pro- they're about six years older than me so I was a baby and then my friend Tina got asked to go on it and she basically needed someone to walk in with her and I the day rate was 50 pounds and for me I was like shit that's right up my street <laughs> no yeah, so I went with her and walked in. I think she was shagging Spencer or something. I honestly can't remember. <laughs> honestly, a real classic storyline. And he <laughs> started talking to me. And I was just waiting at the bar, basically being an extra. And then the producers found out that my nickname was Toff. And, of course, their brains just went into overdrive. And they, they asked me whether I wanted to do it. And it was so bloody fun. I adored it. How long did you do the show? Yeah, a long time, you know, four and a half years. Really? Um, yeah, before I got the call up to go in the jungle, I went back and did another series because I thought that was important. But yeah, it was four and a half years of just fun. And Roxy, I somehow got away with it. I never had my heart broken. I never dated on camera. I just... Oh, dream. The wave just <laughs> had a bit of a laugh. And, and I just feel like I blagged it so much and it was a really special time but those types of things have to come to an end because if you get to a place I'm in now where you don't want to share certain parts of your private life um mine in particular is romantically I really think it's quite important to keep a tiny bit to yourself when you've been living as publicly as I have since I was 18 but that is a real no-go zone if you're doing reality because how is it fair if Toff swans in and just has a laugh all the time whereas some of the girlies on that are really living through it they really do as silly and as menial as Maiden Chelsea is and lots of reality tv shows they transport you to a world where you look at other girlies being dumped or you look at someone who's cheated on someone you think shit it happens to them too and you know I am a bit of an advocate for it if it's done correctly but yeah so it was a time gone by but god never would I live the life that I am now without it it was such an amazing and it all started as an extra love it can you believe it I actually just discovered Drake as an extra on Justin Bieber's baby video so I feel like maybe it's the comeback of extras A brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. 
Imagine the likes that that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon. Incredible. So you basically <laughs> saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. Oh, they're talking about, I think until 10 years ago, I, I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So what is the third moment that made you? This is going to sound ridiculous, Roxy, but I don't want to bring this up because we spoke very privately about six months ago. But I feel like this is the space that I want to and feel ready to. Um, for people who obviously weren't in our conversation, I basically messaged you and said, Roxy, I'm not feeling myself. I don't know why. I am just not feeling uh, my normal positivity and radiating happiness. And for me, that was quite a big step because I kind of just ride on because I'm I'm always smiling and pretty cheerful and it is the best thing I have done I know I'm only six months on from when I spoke to you you gave me the most insane advice it was pretty basic right do you remember what you said yeah to me? yeah I do I remember this conversation very well yeah so you were like right exercise move your body maybe positive affirmations get your subconscious loving yourself (laughs) I mean simple and you know do these simple little things every day to try and rebuild yourself up and I think I just lost my mojo a little bit not to go on about the most boring thing in the world but it's horrendous this pandemic it changed everything for a lot of people and I don't know whether it triggered me just feeling a little bit sad and off So my last moment is basically asking for advice from people that you look up to, someone like you. I know this is your podcast. So so 
like the first month after I spoke to you, I didn't get in contact with you because I thought I've got to try and do this on my own. And I have really stuck to it. Doesn't mean to say that I've had a few days where, you know, I've had a really stinky hangover and I thought, oh, the affirmations, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day I get back on the wagon and I've been moving my body and I have found kind of my mojo's kicking, kicking back. And I, yeah, it was just in a little space where I think if I'd have gone over and put this off, I think it would have been a lot harder for me to get back to my cheery little self that I'm feeling now. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, yeah. it's so, I, I, I was so, um, you know, honoured that you had reached out and I could definitely see that it was something that you weren't necessarily co- that comfortable with um, opening up because a lot of people aren't um, sharing. I just think showing vulnerability is just the most hard thing for me. Um, and I don't know why it's been so ingrained in me. I don't know, it because we are living through an age where oversharing, in my opinion, is really cool and really admirable. But for me, I find it incredibly difficult. A lot, a lot of people do still. And I think um, it always strikes me because I because I am such an oversharer. And I remember when I first started doing it, people would always be like, that's so brave. And I was like, is it? Because for me, it just is like, it's just who I am. But actually, for the majority of people to um, open up and to say that, I'm not feeling my best is really it's difficult on so many levels it's difficult because you're you fear what someone else might think of you as a basic it's that fear of judgment um it's also a fear of okay but if I feel better tomorrow are they still going to think that I'm still sad so there's that you don't want to label yourself as something and then the other part of it is then you have to admit something to yourself which is to go "Mm, something needs to change and that's really challenging so there's so many challenges when it comes to becoming vulnerable um so I could definitely see that it was it took it took a real courage within you to do that and um and we you know and I did really you gave you lots of basics which I think you knew and it was such a great conversation but I have to say I remember looking at your stories it was about a month or six weeks afterwards and you were glowing like it was genuinely like seeing a new person and you've always been um very so much when you're saying this I'm uh-huh. really because for me uh-huh. like it was I didn't even want to get out my Instagram and it is my favorite thing to do I was just thinking all the time oh no one wants to see it shut up or you know oh god and all the time I was just suffering with this silly lack of confidence which not me totally and um I mean I just feel I well I'm so just so happy to see it back and you really you are you radiate you radiate and I think the thing is is it's when you are as um uplifting as you are with that comes a pressure to always be uplifting because you feel a responsibility on the people that follow you and on yourself and your family and friends to um keep up this all the beautiful qualities that you have um and I think and I totally get it but I think that it was so amazing to be able to go I am like that 
most of the time. And some days I'm just not, but that's okay. It doesn't change who I am. And I think a bad day isn't a bad life. It's like that kind of thing. It's going, some days I'm just not feeling my best self, but that doesn't change who I am at my essence. And you at your essence are someone that, you know, having spoken to you today and, you know, over the last couple of years is just so driven. You absolutely look for the best in any situation. You have, I think, a desire to make people smile um, and keep things simple, really. I, You know, and I, I think you are a breath of fresh air. That's the only, That was the best way to describe you. Thank you. I just, yeah, it was such a big thing for me, registering that there were a few too many days that I was feeling not me. And thank God I got on it early um, and just like stop kind of filling my body with, you know, really shit food every day. Like you can eat a burger. I, I mean, I can nail a burger twice a week and still feel epic and a pizza on top, but you cannot do it every single day whilst I'm sat on the sofa like a little potato. Yeah. And I think you know, if you're not doing quite simple, basic things that you quite kindly reminded me that you've got, kind of got to feed the beast a little yeah. bit and um, I think just those small daily changes for myself have made the last kind of I would say it took me about a month I remember you saying you do it for three weeks I think you said every day for three weeks after about a month I thought right come on you're back now and it's just you know a very different experience to what the previous six months were so yeah that is that was a really big moment for me because I'm 25 like imagine if I'd have not done that God knows what the future holds, but if I was doing it when I was a lot older, I feel quite lucky that I recognised it, noted it, have tried to deal with it, and it seems to be going well oh, so far. good for you. And I think for anyone listening, just to kind of clarify, the advice was really, was, wasn't it? It was just the first place to start on any self-development journey is to think about how you're fueling your body and how you're moving it so like Georgia said is just not having burgers every day not because of anything to do with calories or weight but simply because they're foods that make you feel heavy and they're not fueling you with nutrients giving you that vitality so look at what you're putting in your body and how you're moving it and that is the first step to self-development and you know then I will I mean I could go on and on about affirmations and mantras and journaling but step one is just look at what you're putting in your body and how you're moving it for sure I mean it sounds so simple I reckon I'm probably eating more calories now but god am I really nourishing my body and I feel really good with it. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. I know. I know. Slowly, Roxy, I'm on the right track. You are. And you are only 25. And you have, like, you're so, like, old for your years. Like, you have such a wise oh mind, I have to say. I attract all the bloody oldies. I was seeing that Boris was, there was a stupid press release and he was like, oh, we're going to lock up all of the over 50s. I was thinking, shit, I've got no one to hang around with. I like really love old people. Like, it was my birthday last year. So I'm, obviously, I have loads of young friends, but predominantly they're old. My friend said to me last week, he was like, shit, your birthday was like the waiting room in a hospital. I was like, <laughs> so rude. 
at the same time, I'm thrilled. Like I really love people that have got stories and they seem to be a little bit older than me. <gasps> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's a problem. Um, Georgia, you have been, oh, the most fabulous guest. I'm going to ask you my 10 questions. Your most memorable book. <laughs> Meet Me in London by myself, Georgia. Oh Toffolo. my God, can we just talk about the fact you have a book? What? <laughs> I know. I'm like screaming. I know. That's incredible. It's so mega, Roxy. I'm going to send you a copy. Don't have to. Don't Instagram it or anything. Just read it when you want to have a bit of a relax. Oh my god! Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. So coming. cool. Oh yeah, my book. Um, okay. So, uh, favorite quote. Happens if you worry. Happens if you don't. Oh, I have not heard that one, and that's good. My- Great grandmother Elsie used to say it to my father, and she lived until she was ninety six. So there's got to be something in it. Oh, I yeah. love that. Okay, <laughs> most influential mentor. It's got to be Trini. Everyone says that I'm like her on Instagram, and I it's like the biggest form of flattery to me. And I think she's a really epic businesswoman who struggled with addiction in the past. So I just really. really her she's amazing oh love um okay your go-to feel-good film Mamma mia okay what is there not to like about colin first singing it's like <laughs> right up my strong <laughs> um, a moment where you felt most proud i'm not to harp on about it but it's definitely i think it's signing my book deal because i am a real writer and i've been writing since i was about 12 it's my really? thing so sign- yeah you oh are God, a yeah. woman of many surprises Oh, I'm not. I'm just a bit of a wordy bookworm. And then no, I love it. it. <laughs> Lose it. Um, a song that cheers you up. Anything by the Venga Boys. Fuck, that is so good. I'm going to have that in my so- head all day, in my song all day. I'm going to have it in my head all day. Um, top tip for dealing with stress. Oh, one that really works for me is the four, seven, eight breathing technique. It really works. Breath is powerful. Um, Mm. The first three things you do when you wake up. Gosh. So the first thing I do, I roll over, go in my little, I've got a little journal. I make myself write 10 things I'm grateful for. Because I sometimes think if you just do three or five, you know, I can do like my job, my dog and my home. But 10 really pushes you. So 10 things I'm grateful for. Puppy, because he's a little piggy spaniel. And then I listen to my affirmations on the Think Up app that you told me to download. Oh, love that. Um, your guilty pleasure? Oh, eating Yorkshire puddings on their own with nothing else, just gravy. High end, yeah. Mm. Um, one, th- <laughs> one thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? I think starting my own business. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's time for me to start kind of kicking ass for myself and not other companies all the time I feel like I own something I have no doubt that whatever you set your mind to you will achieve so I look forward to seeing the brand in action um and the last question is the first person you call to share good news oh my best friend in the world uh we were at boarding school together and I've just got this renewed adoration for her if I couldn't have loved her enough she's just done eight months sober did AA just before lockdown and she's so epic and rock and roll as a consequence so yes it would be my best friend um can i just say that was the fastest 
we've ever had those questions answered. You were really? obviously prepared. Thank you so, so I am literally I beaming. Thank you for having me, my dog. Thank you so it. much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.